the first two years? Yeah, I would. I would um, do like a cooking show. I'd I'd sit there on Zoom and make lunch. Right. With the camera on. Okay. <laughs> just let everyone watch me cook lunch during right. anatomy lectures. You know. Well, are your professors? They're not looking at you. No. They don't care. They no. just want to see that you're there, though. Yeah, we're just there. Yeah, you're just kind of there. That's really. I mean, it's. It's all didactic the first couple of years, really. Well, there's but... a head and neck anatomy lab. That did you go no, in per- We didn't get any in person. Nothing. Um, I think we were the only class that didn't. Wow. Maybe the year before us didn't get it either. But no, no in person anatomy. We are going, we get one, because they have the advanced head and neck in, in third year. We get one session in person for that. Wow. Which is, is cool because I'll. I, I want that because then I can see like, okay, where am I injecting for yeah. IN and infraorbital yeah. or palatine, wherever. But beyond that, I'm like, okay, this is my only experience with a cadaver. I think yeah. unless you're an oral surgeon, though, you're not giving an infraorbital injection. Exactly. Like, no yeah. way in hell am I giving a patient an <laughs> infraorbital. Yeah, I think, though, I think they do, in my opinion, a little too much of that. Like, we spent, it's like a whole semester on, you know, the brachial plexus. And mm-hmm. it's just like... What okay. The, what the hell is that? I know it's the brachial plexus, but yeah. but you know they really should focus more on head and neck anatomy, and you, you should you know get into it a little bit, but mm-hmm. not as much as we did. I thought it was it was too much. I thought it was more on the actual TMJ because you'll find yeah. in practice you'll do two crowns on someone, and they go, Doc, my joint didn't hurt before, but now it hurts. But you're now like, you you ruined yeah. my life. You're like, I don't know how to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do? You yeah. can't reduce a crown that much. Yeah, no. exactly. So it's out of occlusion. Yeah. So I think you're going to do great. Then don't worry about not being in person because most of the kids in our class skipped it anyway. Oh, yeah. And they're still practicing. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. No, not worried at all. Some classes are in person. I I try to go to all of them because I'm paying for it. Yeah, I so did too. So I show up. Um, a lot of people don't, especially when there's no quiz. Right. <laughs> right. But uh, Are the lectures recorded? Most of them. We had some professors that would stop recording lectures because nobody would show up. Yeah, peds uh, not recorded. We didn't have recorded. anything Wait, recorded. Who's your poids, peds uh, professor? Dr. Salzman. Oh, is that Boy or? So Salz, Boyton is. Oh, Boyton. Yeah, he's still there. I've never met him. Okay, nice guy. Very funny, yeah. actually. He's like up there in the clinics. And okay. So Salzman, he came from Chicago. Okay. Previously. Yeah. So no, he's great. Um, I don't know. Like with all of the classes. Everyone stresses about grades. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Um, if it's a graded class, it's still pass fail. Except right. you have a larger window. You know, when you get graded, you can get a 70 and still pass the class. Yeah. When it's pass fail, you got to get an 80 something. Well, you have so, pass fail classes? Some, yeah. I, I myself think everything should be open book, open note, pass fail. Agree. Because that's just how it is. And. It's like, who knows what people are doing when they take an exam at home? Well, right. They're cheating. Yeah. So their, just their friends are over. Yeah. Oh, we, we had that. Yeah. Uh, people were doing same answers, submitting at the same time. They caught them. I don't know if they did it. Well, they want their tuition, yeah. so there's no consequences. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right, though. I think it's about, you know, being able to understand the information mm-hmm. and, and knowing where to find it versus cramming it into your brain the night before taking a yeah. test and then forgetting it all. Oh yeah. It, and my favorite, favorite class that I had, that cause it was challenging. It was actually hard. Uh, it was our nervous system course. Uh, I, I forget where the brand new PhD grad, uh, I was thinking he was somewhere out East. Um, 
open book, open note, and they were all like third order questions. You couldn't find it in your notes. Wait, what's a third order question? Yeah, so this is one thing Dr. Brzezinski in the anatomy faculty has really kind of developed. Um, is he the professor with the laryngeal spasms? Um, Does he have a big stutter? <laughs> yeah. He's the best though. I'm not putting he's him down. He's so good. Yeah. And like he's given talks to a couple clubs that I'm in and like really good. No matter what topic he's talking about. Um, he does the advanced head in that course too. But um, first order is just like basic recall, which is the worst type of question. Just facts. Just yeah. facts. Yes, no. Second order is they ask you something like um, because of this what is the outcome mm -hmm. and then third order questions is like they give you a whole case description and then they're like what is the outcome if this happens and then you need to do this so it's like you really have to combine um, what you learn from the lectures and critical thinking and um, just following a process and those are really hard for a lot of people because they're just like biology BAs and they're like I can memorize facts. Right. But dentistry is collecting information and making a decision based on that. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what he was training us for in these nervous system exams. I think everything should be like that. Well, life is like that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, so why are you, um, did you always want to be a dentist? Why did you choose dentistry? Yeah. So um, I had no idea what I wanted. I just like, when I, so I went to a middle college, which is a five year high school it's like three years high school, two years associates. Okay. So I got my associates of science when I finished there. Where'd you do uh, that? Monroe County Community College. Okay. Isn't yeah. it crazy that Clayton graduated from high school with an associate's degree? I had like 68 yes. credits. I yeah. barely had a high school degree after I graduated <laughs> high school. Wow. Okay. So I applied to that. They're like, what do you want to do? I was like, I don't know. Engineer. I, got, I had no clue what yeah. an engineer did. It's like, I well, just, what are my choices? Yeah. I just put engineer. Um and then I was like, okay, like they, they had a medical focus. We took like med term as our first uh, college class. And I was like, okay, they're like, yeah, that's interesting. Volunteered like 200 hours in the ER. I was like, okay, definitely don't want to be these guys. Right. Uh, no way. No, I, I couldn't do it. They're just like running around. One doctor was like, I hate my job. And I'm like, <laughs> why are you here? Because <laughs> he has debt. He has exactly. a wife, a girlfriend, and six kids. Yeah. So he had to do all that. And I'm like, I, I don't want that. A wife, a girlfriend, <laughs> both. So I was sitting in the dental in the dental chair, like just for like an exam. I was like, I could do this. And so I just like you know poured eight million hours on Google and YouTube, just looking up dentistry in general. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do this. And then boom, like from second year of high school, I was like, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. And built all my college classes around taking prereqs and being able to get in. I was like, I was like, maybe I can apply after my associate's degree. I was that crazy kid, you know. I was yeah. Like, maybe I could do it, and I didn't want to do that. I would have taken a gap year, looking back, because that would have been awesome to just not do much for a year. Yeah. Because I jumped from one to the other to the other, no break, and I started during COVID, which is like yeah. wild time. But well, you're twenty. You're twenty four now. Yeah, I'm twenty four now. Okay. You so graduated yeah. twenty. Six or 25? 26, I think. And then I'll turn 27 when I start practicing. They're still like yeah. super young to be a dentist. Yeah, it's super young. And I I went through all of the different things. I was like, man, how am I going to pay for this? I looked at the HPSP and I was like, yeah, sure. I, I mean, I'll think about that. And then I was like, oh, wait, that's not me. <laughs> I was like, mm -hmm. I could not do that. Wait, what's, what's HPSP? Uh, Health Profession Scholarship Program. 
what's, um, what's that's that? with the armed forces. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I can't do that. Like, I don't want to give four years of my life to, to the Air Force. To the Air Force yeah. or whatever. I have friends who did like ROTC and they're like, yeah, it's great. But then now they're like, okay, I'm done now. Right. So I was like, okay, I made the right decision. <laughs> um, but I'm just like, okay, like, how do I pay for it? I went through and tried to figure all that out. And then I'm like, you know, I'll just live like I do now on like, you know, $30,000 and pour all of my salary towards paying off my debt. So hopefully I can get it done in like three, four or five years. If you can do that, do that. Do you find that every dentist's biggest mistake out of school is like BMW? Like I did it. I'm 27. I got a BMW. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't do that. You had a Mercedes. But, um, no, no. I had a, I had a Hyundai. Hyundai. Oh, Hyundai. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, if you can pull that off if you can reduce debt now and then because my biggest mistake was out of school. I bought a really big house, which is like stupid. You know what though? You know, speaking of that, I also, I consolidated my debt at a very low rate. So I still have dental school debt. It's, mm -hmm. um, I consolidated at 1.3%. Really? That's yeah. So there's no reason to pay that loan off one mm -hmm. day before it's due. And then your loans start like six months after you graduate? Yeah. Yeah. So you'll get like a little, I'll little, get a little reprieve. You get like a nice box in the mail. It's like your first debt bill. It's like, yeah. <laughs> pay What's us. super nice is that because of the student loan debt freeze, interest freeze, I haven't earned one cent of interest on my principal. Okay. So For how long is that frozen? Um, right now, I think it's frozen until the end of August. Do you listen to the White Coat Investor? <sighs> I've listened to a couple episodes. They were just talking yeah. about that, that they froze all the interest yeah. on loans. Yeah. yeah. So I have like a little bit of interest from undergrad. Because um, living on campus first year was expensive, and then I was an RA, so just got that taken care of. Um, but yeah, so not that much interest, pretty much all principal for all of my my debt. But it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to pay it off. <laughs> it's exciting, yeah. isn't it crazy? Because I think most dentists do that. They go to their dental office as a kid, they sit down and go, mm -hmm. "Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, I can do this for the next forty years. This looks great." It's almost right. like we all like half of us fit a personality type. We're risk adverse. We kind of like people. We'll give yeah. it a shot. Is that how you decided to do it? Well, my sisters were both dentists. So oh, they were both in dental school. That's when I made my decision. Um, I really didn't understand the profession wholly until I was practicing. Like 10 years out. Probably like, yeah, between <laughs> five and 10 years. I'm not kidding. Yeah. And um, And I... You know, I practiced for 17 total. So shortly after that, I was making other plans. But mm -hmm. but it really takes a good five years of practicing just to – it's like, what is this? Because there's so much to it, you know, running a business. And mm -hmm. you got to get the dentistry part down. Yeah. That's that's your first <laughs> yeah. move. But, which, which I think you will. If you're already studying – I mean, what by, do you think? You're eight years out. You're, yeah. I like just figured out – It's you had to figure out who you are. And how you want to practice. I just started biomedics like 18 months ago, okay. which is like what I really want to do. Mm -hmm. But like the first six years before, like I did implants, I did endo, I did surgery. You had to figure out what you like. Yeah. Right. I know you're struggling now because Clayton's not sure if he wants to specialize or not. Right. And you have to kind of try everything. It's yeah. like, try it all. You, you, there might be something that you don't know that you like. Like we had, a, um, you know, the radiologist. Radiologist? Um, oral pathologist. Oral pathologist, sorry. Yeah. Was in here and it's like, that was not really presented to us as an option, mm -hmm. but that's a job that you can do. Yeah. Um, you know, if you decide daily clinical practice isn't your favorite thing, which mm -hmm. 
that's it might, that's know? what I'm struggling with is because it's like I really so we have Dr. Danchu. She's like the, the main faculty who teaches our diagnostic classes for all the lesions and pathologies. Yeah, I really enjoyed her class. She's a fantastic teacher, and so I was like, maybe I want to do that. Mm-hmm. So I just like go to the oral path lab and try to like hang out and see if I could get like an invitation to learn more. Right, and then. A few weeks ago, I got COVID and I had way too much time on my hands. So I was just checking out my own mouth. And I was like, what is that? (laughs) (laughs) I saw something and I'm like running through the lists. And I'm like, okay, I have no clue what this is. Like, we didn't really talk about these things. Right. And so I I went back to school, photo in hand. I was like, what is this? And they're like, oh, she's not here right now, but you can see this other doctor. They're like, what's your contact info? We'll set you up with a, we'll email him. I was like, no, 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 I'm going to go walk upstairs. Right. <laughs> so I walked upstairs, knocked on his door. I said, long story short, I had too much time on my hands. And I found something. It was like way back in there, you know, right. the lingual of the, the left side. He's like, well, congrats on finding that. That's really impressive. Um, and then I kind of wiggled myself into having a mentor in mm-hmm. oral path. Oral yeah. Med. So he invited me to the oral med clinic, um, which is on Fridays. And they see like, uh, burning mouth and lesions and do like referrals to like oral facial pain and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I got to see first two oral med cases and I'm like, okay, this is cool being able to do like diagnostic and information gathering. And I really want to learn how to do biopsies just cause mm-hmm. there's only two biopsy services and patients have to wait forever to see a oral surgeon to do a biopsy. So I'm like, you mean only two biopsy services at university of Michigan? No, no, no in the state. There's, I believe they're in Pontiac. It's a private practice run by two guys who are is, oral path. We, we just, we, we just had, had them on. Them on. The oh, you did? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last week. Yeah. Right? Two weeks ago. So yeah. they're a private practice. But they don't do biopsies. No, they only read slides. They only read, yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, okay. We should hook you guys up. Yeah. Oh, and for then, sure. Um, yeah. U of M is the only other one. Yeah. So and we it's talked like, about that. I think there's two to 300 oral pathologists in the U.S. So it's like. But to do a biopsy, usually that's the oral surgeon or, or perio or, you know. Yeah. So that's why I'm like. I have to figure out like is oral med like an option for me there's like 10 residency programs and half of them you have to pay for mm-hmm. from what i understand and i'm like that's you know you want to do your ms and get a certificate at harvard that's 360 grand yeah wait three hundred sixty thousand yeah. for a three-year program to be an oral path to get your master's and a certificate yeah because you're getting a brand name from harvard yeah. is you that can, the only program no there's like no more. there's like oh. 10 there's uh go to the cheapest washington one. carolina florida we should start um, one yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know that's good money histology. <laughs> so i'm like if you do a certificate you get a stipend because you're a resident okay okay um but then you you know like do you want the master's degree they try to push it i think you don't need it right no, you don't need you, it you, you don't need it do the work yeah complicated by that i'm my wife is a citizen of new zealand so i'm like do we want to move to new zealand mm-hmm. wait your wife is a citizen of new zealand how did yeah. you meet her um so she did school at oakland oh yeah her dad was here for work and she was here student visa um so we met we were both just like in the same club just on different campuses so yeah we met that way and uh yeah, but yeah she's doing speech pathology at eastern right now okay uh, we'll graduate at the same time and we have no idea what we want to do. Could you live go. in Ann Arbor or Ypsilanti? Uh, Ann Arbor. Yeah. Ann Arbor. Okay. Yeah. I, we were I, just talking about New Zealand. Were you? Yeah. Oh, nice. Because yeah. it, you have to have, if you if I want to go there, mm-hmm. I have to have $5 million liquid. Yeah. It, it's, That's correct, right? I keep hearing that. Yeah. 
I haven't looked into it because after being married for five years, I can become a she can go. resident. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and she's already a citizen. The nice thing is they accept our dental license. Really? Oh. There's no extra classes? No. Maybe I have to take a, you know, just like a, a licensure exam there. Just yeah. like yeah. anywhere, like moving to a different state. Same thing for speech pathology. They accept That's interesting. the American certification and we can just move and go that's just something to keep as an option mm -hmm. in your pocket you know yeah. um that's cool have you been to new zealand no 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 the first time i left the I country awesome. was um this last december and we went to india really yeah that's for a vacation uh so most of her family uh lives in india we went there to visit family and her cousin had a wedding is your wife New Zealand or is she Indian? Or? So she's oh. Indian, um, like ethnically. And okay. Then, um, she spent her first few years in Oman, moved to New Zealand, became citizens with her whole family there. Then for a, the longest period, they were in Australia as permanent residents there, um, which you can do being a New Zealand citizen. Then they moved to the U.S. She stayed here. They all went back to Australia when her dad's work ended. So where um, are her parents now? Um well, right now her mom's here in the U.S. visiting us. Okay, that's nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, but they live in Melbourne, Australia. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. So Indian weddings are pretty awesome. I've yeah, heard. yeah, it, it was awesome. It was in Goa, which is beautiful, like beach resort. It's kind of like Portugal because the Portuguese came and kind of colonized that area of India. Okay. And then didn't leave for a really long time, so you see all the nice Portuguese architecture and it. Kind of reminded me of like Florida, Georgia, with palm trees everywhere. Yeah, um, it was really cool. Really That's cool. Awesome. Wow. Lots of events packed in three days. Usually yeah. they're long, a bit longer than that. So did you know that Clayton? This kind of ties into Marion. Um, is a religious studies major from U of D? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I, because I got my associate's degree, I had quite a bit of flexibility. Okay. And after after my freshman year of college, I was I went to like the the dean of biology. I was like, does it get better? I was like, I hate memorizing facts. Right. <laughs> and she's like, a little bit. And I was like, eh. she's lying. Yeah. It does not. So then I was like, maybe I want to do chemistry. And then I was like, no, like no. I'm going to do religious studies. Got a minor in leadership. Um, religious studies. That's so. Yeah. The dental schools like salivate over that. Oh, they loved it. Also, I wore a purple shirt to my interviews. Like a, so they're like. A That's suit and the, tie and a purple shirt. Yeah. Like a, a coat. I don't That's the know dental color. That. Yeah, I I wanted I wanted to just wear a sweater, but my family told me no. Yeah, they said you can't just wear a sweater. Like a Christmas sweater? <laughs> yeah, along those lines. Do you mean purple yeah. like lavender, like what they robe like, you in when you graduate, or like bright purple? Like bright purple. Like grape. Well, yeah, is it the same it interview grape. process where there's like ten stations you go to? Yeah, so Michigan has the MMI still. Okay. Um, that was pretty neat. I <laughs> I I would finish the question early, and I just like ask them questions like, why are you here? Like professors, why are you here? Yeah, I'm yeah. like professors. I'm like, do you like like it here? And one guy was like, it's a job. I was like, what? Yeah, like you're not you're not selling me, right? Uh, they're not trying to sell you. No, well, you not. are interviewing them. <laughs> yeah, you're you're correct. And not in really that. though. I feel like you. I mean, I wasn't smart enough to have a bunch of choices. I had like three schools I got accepted to. Yeah. but I feel like University of Michigan has like. 20,000 kids applying. Yeah, they like do a, a lot of applicants. Six and a half percent acceptance rate right now. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I only applied to Detroit Mercy and U of M. And Detroit Mercy is so much more expensive than U of yeah, M. Yeah, so like, much. I remember at U of D, I was interviewed just by one person. Yeah, I had two faculty interview me. Um, and it, it was interesting because 
there was a man and a woman, and the man did all of the talking. And so if he's the one primarily asking me questions. I'm like, I, I don't want to give him full eye contact because right. that looks really bad. But she's not asking me any questions. So what do I do? Yeah. He, he's like, he's like, oh, religious studies. Do you have you ever doubted the existence of God? And I was like, I don't think that's a legal question. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> no. That's not legal to ask. No. In a you job can't, You can't ask someone if they believe in God. Yeah. You can't ask someone if they're married. You can't ask them if yeah, they have kids. Are school interviews the same legal as I don't job know. Yeah. I don't know. I think so. I think, yeah, I think so. Have you ever doubted the existence of God? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, not really. No. It's okay. just like this, uh, this constant hope you know it's like, yeah so are you very religious yourself yeah so i'm actually getting ordained in september no way in the free methodist church um i started on staff with a church plant in ann arbor uh june of 2020 so a month before i started dental school and i've been doing that the whole time so you can perform marriage ceremonies um in once september hits yeah i'll, I'll be okay. able to do marriage ceremonies so what religion are you so free methodist okay yeah so it just i found my i always grew up within the methodist realm um Grew up going to United Methodist and then, uh, you know, went to a different church for a while in high school. But now, and then just as I started undergrad, found myself at a free Methodist church in town. Um, and just people poured into me and gave me, you know, time and energy and kind of developed me as a leader. And I'm just like, yeah, like, I, I am, I do feel called to being ordained, serving sacraments, and just like, doing doing things for the church mm-hmm. um so yeah right now i'm along with ordination we're doing like a, a title change for myself and i'll be um i'll be heading up all of the work around discipleship and um justice advocacy within our church plant um we're about four or five years old so pretty new for a church okay um and we're in ipsy Jackson, Brighton, and Ann Arbor. Okay. So as a as a non-religious person, mm-hmm. don't most people doubt the existence of God? I mean, isn't that just yeah. a normal... No, no, it's it's like the question. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I went to a funeral recently. It was actually really good. It was Catholic. Mm-hmm. And um, that's that's my... My family is historically Catholic. But oh. the, the priest was talking about, does this person go somewhere or nowhere? And he said... None of us really know. This is the yeah. priest talking. And mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I kind of like that because he's not claiming to know the answer, but he's like, but we believe that he's somewhere, you know? Yeah. And that was, that was kind of, but it was nice because it's like, yeah, you know what? That's the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was just a normal human and, emotion. Yeah. Right? I mean, I mean, I'm sure there's some people in life that never question. Yeah. Some people don't question anything. And I don't it's like, know. I, I, feel, I feel like it's normal to question everything, though. Yeah, it's like question everything, constantly reevaluate. And you can have faith. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not <laughs> you're not saying you don't believe. You're just saying, well, okay, mm-hmm. you know, you're. Yeah, and it's like faith and belief. Like, currently, our culture defines faith as either like binary, yes or no. I yeah. feel like everything is binary. When really, faith is a gray. It's a, a sliding scale. And it's like, even in the Bible, like Jesus says to his disciples, like you have little faith or you have no faith. And it's like, okay, faith can be a thing in the moment or like a, a little bit of faith. Right. And it's like, if you're doubting, 
or not believing, like you can still have faith. You can still question and, and have you can faith. still question. Yeah. I think faith is like wherever you are, like faith is just a small seed. Like Jesus talked about the mustard seed. And he's like, you know, your faith is like a mustard seed, smallest of the seeds, but when it grows, it's a huge and beautiful bush. So it's yeah, it's all over and it's like sometimes you feel it more than other days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think that's what it is. Well, I imagine too, the older you get and the more you move through life, of course your faith is going to be mm-hmm. challenged. I mean, yeah. not that you haven't experienced hardship, but mm-hmm. you're 24, then yeah. you're 34, then you're 44. Shit happens. And of yeah. course you're going to question, mm-hmm. is someone actually up there helping me out? Yeah. Or is it, or is no one there? Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. faith is a spectrum. And, and that's, that's a good, you know, point. so we're like, what, 20, 30, 40, right? We're three different I'm, decades. I'm 22. <laughs> <laughs> but as a, late someone in my late 40s like i've experienced i've had some life experiences that that you've yet to have Mm -hmm. you may or may not have similar ones you you might you might yours might be better they might be worse but but if you're you know if you let it if every time something bad happens to you it runs you over Mm -hmm. it's gonna be a long painful life because bad things are gonna happen to you yeah 100 guaranteed um you know it's just how you you got to process it and and move on. It's, you know, there's different levels. Like some things that happen to people are really, really, really bad, you know, and that's not the same as, you know, I went to the store and I didn't have my favorite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where's your God now? Where's my mustard? They're yeah. out of, yeah, Kroger, so. <laughs> Kroger ran out of my Sauvignon Blanc that I love, yeah. you know, having a horrible day. How could Jesus yeah. do this? But do you find that you rely on religion a lot or even your faith to get through the stress of being a dental student? I think one of one of the, the most powerful things that that's helped me through dental school is the power of beautiful community. And it's like what is that? So it's just like <laughs> yeah, just like people around that? you who like are there for you. Okay. And Do we, you feel that in the in the dental school setting? So I've always been someone who kind of orbits around the click. There's like clicks. You know, okay. Everyone's always like dental school. It's like high school. It, it is. There's drama, there's Groups of people who are friends. I love dental school. And I kind of just like rotate around the outside of that. And, you know, I'm friends with people in a bunch of different groups. Because that's just how I've always done things. And so it's to have people outside of dental school is so great. Yeah. And it's like people who are, you know, going to law school, uh, people who are going to med school. Like one of my friends just finished at UVM Med, just going to Salt Lake for pediatric neurology. And I'm like, that's so cool. And her husband worked in finance, but um, previously did stuff with Disney. And I'm like, I'm just like, I love these other experiences. Yeah. And it's just people who are just working. And I'm like, that's great. You mm-hmm. know, some days I wish I could just work. Right. You will. <laughs> you know? uh, and then someday. you work and you're like, I wish I was back in school. I know, I right? Know. <laughs> yeah. Is beautiful community an actual term or is it something you just thought of? It's just something that, that you know, I think like people always talk about sharing their faith and there's like, you think of these evangelicals who like hand out pamphlets. Mm -hmm. That's not it. It's to share your community with other people and to share how beautiful it is. And it's like, yeah, like you invite people over to your house and you just share a meal together. And it's like, that's community. And that's more transforming than, you know, the people standing on corners with signs. Right. Like, that's not my Christianity. <laughs> yeah. My Christianity is a beautiful community and and a radical hope for the world. I think that, you know, like 
the gospel is about transformation and liberation and freeing captives, whether that's people who are in human trafficking or whether that's people who are addicted to substance abuse or people who are stuck in systems of, of houselessness or food insecurity, like addressing those things is what Christianity is about. So. Yes, I honestly, I think as you move through life, it's so easy to become a cynic. Yeah. Um, and I think if you can hold on to that, Clayton, and become less of a cynic, you'll be more successful in dentistry, but also you'll be happier too. Yeah. Yeah, you just let go of the things that will try to distract you from joy. Yeah. Yeah. It's difficult, right. but I think it's important. Without being oblivious to yeah. to their existence, though. Mm-hmm. You know, you those things are out there. It's yeah. like, I mean, I, you know, I, I know a lot of people and I, I know some people who are just like, Oh, that, that doesn't affect me. It's like, it does though. Yeah. You know? Everyone is your neighbor. Yeah, yeah. It, it does. You can't pretend that you don't know that's, you know, the struggles. Well, you have to, you have to lock your doors at night. Even if you believe in God, you still have to lock yeah. your doors at night. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 I mean, you'd be foolish not to, Yeah, I think, but yeah, you can't just like blindly trust. Like you, right. You still, yeah, you still lock your doors, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, you're still careful. It's not just like a foolishness. Mm-hmm. You go about the world embracing suffering and entering into other suffering um, to help bring relief and freedom. I think that's a good way to look at it because you're right. Like, I'm not knocking any religion for anyone listening, but like, if you're on your mountain bike and you're wearing a white t shirt and a black skinny tie and you're coming to my house telling me to become your religion, my answer is no. Yeah. But like, if you invite <laughs> me to your house and we have dinner and you bring up God, my answer is, of course, I'll listen to you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's about asking questions, not yeah. giving answers. I'll listen to most people. Yeah. About, yeah. Unless, unless it's like, you know, if there's cruel intent or something mm-hmm. crazy that they're saying. But I just, yeah. I think, I think it's interesting. I'm not going to, you know, necessarily sign up for it or, yeah. Yeah. you yeah. know, or join, but, but it is, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And I always, when I'm having spiritual conversations, I always speak last. Because it's not about me. It's about where are you and what is your experience with either the church or with God or just spirituality in general. Like, where are you at? And what are powerful moments in your life? Yeah. I think that's going to be really good, honestly, when you talk to patients. If you're always speaking last and meeting them where they are, Mm -hmm. you have such an easier time communicating. Mm -hmm. And it's just like inspiring hope is such a powerful tool when we're communicating with patients. I had a patient who had a, a tooth go necrotic and like they, they were like, yeah, like I think I have an abscess. And so I'm like, okay, chronic abscess. Like I could not see it when I was doing my clinical exam, you know, perio faculty came over, they couldn't find it, but we're like, okay, like we trust what you're saying. Yeah. Like this is your experience. You're telling me like you have a foul taste in your mouth and blood and pus is coming out. Like, okay. And so then my job turns into, I can't do the root canal on your second molar, but I can refer you to someone who I know and trust and who I think is really good. Mm-hmm. So just inspiring that hope in other people. She's like, oh, this like, we walked away not doing anything clinically other than an exam and a couple of referrals, but she felt so much lighter at the end of the appointment. Yeah. I used to tell people, this is something I did in my practice um, when they came in with pain that I couldn't mm-hmm. find. Yeah. Um, I always told them, I believe you. Yeah. And that was like, it was very powerful. But someone told me that and, but, but they're not lying. No. They're, they're in pain. Yeah. 
just be, you know, I, I would tell them, you know what? I don't see anything. I believe you. Mm-hmm. I believe that you're in pain. Yeah. Um, and we'll have to, we'll have to figure out how to find out mm-hmm. where it's coming from, you know, be it dental or, or something yeah. else. It's, it's a journey you're both going on together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one time it was, um, it was actually something to do with our eye. So they went yeah. to see, we, we ended up saying, you know, we can't find anything dental. Go to your ENT. They ended up at an ophthalmologist and they had like, yeah. It was like pressure behind the eye or something. Mm. It was something like crazy. Yeah. But it started as a as a toothache, maybe. Yeah. But things like that. Sometimes it's like a, a puzzle and has nothing to do with you, but yeah. you're like the first stop. Yeah, that's that's why like it's cool. Oral medicine has like piqued my interest. Yeah. I'm like, it's about listening and, and gathering what they're telling you and then going through your list of possibilities, trying something out and helping them, you know, find resolution and find yeah. healing. And so I'm like, okay, like that could be really interesting, but I'm like, they're, they're, it's a brand new specialty. Yeah, I was gonna say, can you can you set up a practice as? I don't know, and that's what scares me. Well, Brent, Brent <laughs> yeah. was saying no. Um, yeah, didn't what is it? Oral facial pain become a specialty? Yeah, that's a brand new one as well. I think U of M has graduated three residents. It's almost like you have to combine oral radiology. Oral pathology, oral facial pain, and like TMJ, TMD yeah. into one practice. Yeah, and that's why I'm like, okay, like if I do oral like med, pain clinic, do yeah. I have to also do a residency in oral facial pain? You don't. I don't. But yeah, I can treat that stuff because that's part of my training. But would I feel more comfortable? You should talk to the, you should talk to the Brents. Yeah, they're, they're first they're both names. Brent. They're both yeah. named Brents. Oh, two Brents. But you should talk that. to the Brents because they they could tell you. I, after talking with. Uh, with one of them, a curso, a curso, a curso. I'm not even clear on what he does on a daily basis, but it's so vague. But we were talking about a lot of things, and yeah. I, I kind of have an idea because I knew his predecessor um, mm-hmm. a little bit. But that would be an interesting conversation for the yeah. two of you to have, like, for you to ask him, "What do you do on a daily basis? You know, what is this job?" Because yeah. I think it's even it's unclear, isn't it? I just think like. Oral surgeon sent him biopsies. And he looks at slides looks and then slides. spits out a report. So that's how he makes his money. Yeah, he tried to do a private practice and it just didn't work out. Yeah, because it's like... Oh, a pri- a, really like a GP practice? Everyone. Yeah. Yeah, you have to tell everybody everywhere. Because otherwise, yeah, they just get sent to an oral surgeon. Maybe they get the diagnosis correct, but they take a biopsy and send it off. They send it to U of M. Yeah, Or exactly. to the Brunts. A yeah. lot of these yeah. new specialties... So... I'm super anti-university. They have their place, but I think they're a joke. A lot of these new specialties <laughs> are products created by the university. They live in the university. And they're not market tested. Yeah. So like, okay, I just spent 300000 on a TMD residency, but there's no place for me in the market to make money. Yeah. So when you enter these specialties, Brent was telling us this too, keep in your mind, you're going to practice general dentistry regardless yeah. why you build up this other part of your practice. Yeah, and that's the other thing. I'm like, I know some specialties your license is limited once you specialize. Yeah. I'm like, is that the case with this? I don't know. I, you know what? That's a good question. Like my sister is an endodontist. Mm-hmm. She cannot prop a crown. Yeah. She can't do that, that legally. I, that blows my mind. How do you have a DDS and then you can't. And a master's degree. You and can't endo prop a crown. Because she's a specialist now. Brava, she can only do a root canal. An endodontist down the street. You probably know him. He's like the best in the area. He puts cores. Yeah. In all his, like, can they not do a core? Where do you draw the line? Well, I I would say they shouldn't place a core um, for for a lot of reasons, but but I so so my sister would do this, um, or she still does. She will do 
her root canal or her apico or whatever it is and then she'll put she'll seal it with a yeah. composite flowable or like a she used to use those um remember the twinkie star like kid composites like purple and green and yellow mm-hmm. with sparkles I, I saw like one of those ever use those i no, used to use those I but use it. so she'll put one of those in to seal it to seal the system mm-hmm. but she shouldn't code a core yeah here's why we should code the core um and it's it comes down to they're they're taking the production from the GP who's gonna have to core it anyways. Yeah. Correct. Because they don't know how to do that. Their argument is though that root canals fail in two places. Yeah. At the apices yeah. and inside the crown. So if they can seal the root canal immediately, they should seal it. They're protecting their work because right. they don't want a dentist do a shitty seal on a core yeah. and then their endo fails. Yeah. And they absolutely should seal it. What but what I'm saying, they shouldn't code a What's the what's the but, core code? Yeah, zero, but three, I think two, it's three, two nine five okay. zero. Something. I don't know. You probably know. Um, yeah. but but I don't want to go back in and take his core out. Well, you'll, you'll take away no, more. No, I'd leave it. I'd but leave then it. you you can't code it because he did the work. Well, no, because they should put in. They should like you know close the system and then put a little flowable over the access. Not a core. Cores, you know, you're building costs. Delta's so mad to the same structure. <laughs> yeah. So I they should I've they seen should some people they should put a. You know, a base. They a should base. do like a base. That's a code, right? A out base? of composite. I have no clue. I, I I don't think they should code it, and I would I would say that to any endodontist who walked in here. Yeah, I've seen some endo do definitive composite restorations. Well, yeah, what's his yeah. name? Um, we, to, we were talking about him earlier. Yeah, we soups and yeah, soups he's a, he actually listens once in a while. Yeah, I'm so, so sorry, I forgot your name. <laughs> Please don't hate me. So I know he's done definitive. I know my friend who's gonna work for him. Um, Dr. Kimball, she did a definitive uh, composite the other day over a root canal. Um, or what we keep hearing from faculty in the end of the department is, let us prep your post. They, they're they like, we're already in there. Yeah. We know the work we just did. We know what the canals are like. Let us prep your post. Yeah. But people get mad about that too. I would not. Right. I, every post, I don't do posts anymore, but yeah. every post I prepped, takes like six months off my life i'm like shit if i perfed this yeah root it's done <laughs> yeah i ruined everything Posts are so that's so because dental school that drill yeah. is going the, the drill is the size of your foot it's right. going inside this tiny canal yeah. number eight and you have to have the perfect angle on it you're like, oh good news you're losing the tooth and i'm paying for the implant right so yes you can prep my post yeah that's that's the other thing like you just mentioned like you don't do posts anymore you're doing all like bonded restoration exactly yeah and uh, like dental school, like our test cases are still based off like GB black shapes. Yeah. And I'm like, this is, this is incorrect. This is not what the literature suggests. And we're just doing this because we've always done it. I'm like, just give us, give us round burrs so we can properly do a composite prep. Right. And then restore based on the carries. But they don't want us to do that. There's some faculty who do. Um, Dr. Rodrigo Maya, he taught like an advanced aesthetic course for so us. So you're saying they want you to like drop a proximal box, like a like a textbook, textbook. angle. Mm-hmm. That never happens. I know. Yeah. I mean, so, you can do that, but then you have to clean it out. Yeah. So they're like prep and then you have to get a request to extend. Okay. Which is, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, can I extend under the clusal to do this cavity? And they're like, well, next time, temporize it. Yeah. <laughs> kidding me? And then it's just... Right. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to be like conservative. And like, if I see something, I'm like, I always ask, can we just like do a ceiling on that? Right. And they're always like, no, take it out. Right. Like, but it's barely like the literature yeah. says you can do PRR or 
you don't even need that. You just do a sealant up to ICS3 and it works. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, why aren't we doing that? Because the people who are trained in traditional GD right. block amalgam preps. Sometimes too, not to knock that type of approach though, you have to know the patient. Yeah. If this patient's never coming back, Put a you, filling in there. Yeah, you do. Don't yeah. seal it. Because then six yeah. six years later, they're like, he left cavity behind him. <laughs> yeah. Or the sealant's gone. I want his Mercedes. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's This episode is brought to you by Mercedes. By Mercedes. <laughs> Enter promo code Clayton Blackwell for 10% off your next Mercedes. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's just like there's a lot of things that could be different, but probably right. won't be different. Well, Michigan's been around for, what, 200 years? Yeah. They're not in the... They argue they're the oldest. They probably are. But I do, yeah. I mean, Michigan. According to Michigan. According to Michigan, they're, they're the, the best. They're school. the only school in the, yeah. you know, this side of the Mississippi in the Midwest. But um, um, in the world, I year. think that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think that there's something to be said for fundamental knowledge. Like yeah. you have to start from somewhere. So if they want to start with that, like this is a this is a perfect looking prop, great. Mm-hmm. And then you know you start. I'm not against it. Like start with that and then expand it. Yeah. But you're never gonna. You don't practice that way. Mm-hmm. You, you you try and do the most conservative prep to yeah. accomplish your goal yeah. and, and have a good, solid restoration. And I think I was the last class to be trained like that. I think now they've started to do more composite appropriate preps. Okay. Faculty kind I was, of switched. I was all amalgam. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we would cut teeth in clinic for amalgam and put composite in there. Yeah. It's terrible. The yeah. bond's breaking like as mm-hmm. a patient walks out the door. Right. Yeah. And I... Like whenever I assist people, I'm like, hey, did you know that bond takes five minutes to mature 80%? And they're like, what? Like, what no, is bond? So yeah. like I I gathered a good chunk, maybe like 60 articles that the Allman Center has talked about. Um, gathered all those and then I just put them in a Google Drive and sent them out to whoever was interested. So I'm like, okay, there's like a third to half of my class that at least has the articles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They at least know where to find the information to do a, a really well-bonded composite. But there's almost like no incentive in school to learn biomimetic dentistry. No. Because everybody who works on teeth in school, they all come back, they're all sensitive. But in private practice, if you're having sensitive teeth, it like ruins your day. So then you're motivated. And it costs you a lot of money. And, yeah. and like reputation. So yeah. your classmates, first of all, I'm super impressed that you're reading biomimetics in dental school. I was like, are the Simpsons still on TV? So I was like less concerned. <laughs> um, but you'll be motivated to do that more in private practice because people will like you more because your teeth don't hurt after you work on them. Yeah. And it's just like taking taking those little steps like rinsing for twice as long as you etch. Like people just spray a little bit of water and call it a day. Right. But I'm like, those are important things that decreases sensitivity and post-operative pain. Mm-hmm. I think you have to be in private practice, and you'll agree with this, to actually know what happens 10 years after you worked on a tooth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because if you're in the school and you, you don't see that patient again, mm-hmm. you have no idea what happened. Yeah. No. And, and I, I saw a patient who had a sub-G composite MO done, and then redone, and then redone, and then redone, all within three years. That tooth is done. Like, it's done. The tooth died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... The marginal seal was terrible. And I'm like, okay, like if we just paid attention to just the smallest details of where we're prepping and sealing and like we could have saved it. Yeah. And so I just like, it's just disappointing (laughs) that I was like, if only they knew. (laughs) But University of Michigan is not to put them down. They're also sponsoring this podcast. No, Um, (laughs) they're not concerned about that restoration lasting forever. They're more concerned about getting you the experience yeah, it's, it's the to work experience. on people. Yeah. And so it's, uh, yeah, I I really enjoy it. 
I've done a lot of cleanings. Uh huh. Um, what a joke, right? Oh my which you'll God. never do again. I know. That's, I know. That's why I was like, oh, maybe perio. But that's all I've done so far. So I'm like, yeah. of course I'm going to consider perio. Right. <laughs> perio is only good if you want to do implants or if you're okay smelling bad breath the rest of your career. We have those duck masks. What's a duck mask? So they're like N95 would be my, halyard. My last choice. They're halyard N95s, and they they're orange, and they look like a duck bill. And what does that do? I've, I've, see, I've I haven't, seen those. I haven't yeah. had one experience with bad breath. Really? I don't know if it's my patient pool or if it's the mask. It's the mask. It might, it, I'm hoping. Every patient. Do you guys feel like you're really good at detecting periodontal disease from smell? In the general population? Just yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Me too. I normally just go by how many times do they brush a week? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's my only experience so far. But I feel like I can, like if I sit down with someone for lunch, it's like, I know right away. It's like, oh, they have mm. Oh yeah. Well, the tooth is moving in. Well, no, you can just smell it. I mean, it's, it's gross hmm. to say. I'm always but... insecure that I have bad breath. Me too. Because like, if I had bad breath, the patient's like, I'm not going to this fool. His breath stinks. <laughs> one, one time I, I was at the dentist and it was I think out. you'd know, like when you wear a mask, you know what your breath smells like. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And I had went into the dentist after lunch and I'm like, I think this guy just got back from golfing. And then I was like, is this alcohol in his breath? And then like years later, I realized it was probably like mouthwash. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, how old was the dentist? Older. Yeah. It was alcohol. It might have been. Yeah. <laughs> or ketosis. I mean, it yeah. could be. So I started the keto diet in dental school, like testing it out. And I had really bad breath. Yeah. And this endodontist resident was like, listen, Ketosis. Kid. Yeah. He's like, if you don't go brush your effing teeth, I'm going to dismiss you. He's like, you're killing me with this breath. Ugh. Yeah. Ever since then, I'm like, I hate myself. Oh. <laughs> well, it's diab- It's like diab- you know, diabetics, it's, it's uncontrolled not, diabetic. Well, it's same. not ketoacidosis. You can't achieve ketoacidosis. I know, but it's that same smell. I thought it was like know? fruity. But he's like, dude, your breath stinks. Get really? out of here. Yeah. Are you still on that diet? Because uh, <laughs> I don't smell it. Can you smell it? <laughs> no. I am. I use a uh, mouthwash. <laughs> well, what about? Wait, are they still calling kids gunners in school? Oh yeah, there's gunners. You call they call gunners. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know if I'm considered a gunner. Do you want to? Do you get good grades? I think so, but also the, it's like yeah, the gunners would like run to the front of the line when the grades were posted. Like yeah, they were I psycho. Like, I don't know. I I check grades. I check the average, but I also my philosophy is. All right, like I showed up for like I because of COVID I missed a couple of exams, and so I was like, okay, I like I'm not gonna study, study. I reviewed my notes. Yeah. I went to lectures. I showed up for the exam, you know, and I got the average grade. So I'm like, I feel like that's pretty normal. Yeah. I don't stress about it. So you're not a gunner. My whole life has been a journey of not stressing about school. Well, <laughs> then you're not a gunner. I no. had the gunner mentality of studying a lot but i had like the idiot mentality for getting the grade so like, oh. i studied a lot and got like really low grades mm. i feel like it was so competitive when i was in school it was my class was extremely i could not compete i think yeah like you know what though here's the thing when you go to that when you go to that level of education you know we're getting we're getting doctorates so yeah, we're like in professional school so the competition it's like everybody is really close together you're now like in the professional basketball. Yeah, the so the, the bottom of the class and the top of the class are both very smart people. Yeah. You're and then like, you have all the people in between, but it's like a little bit in between. Yeah, you see the lowest grade and you're like, oh, they just have a bad day. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I had not... I had some crazy, I remember like a couple exams, you go to check your, and you're going down the list, they put them in order, and mm. I'm like, almost to the bottom. Where am I? Did I miss it? No. Wait, by your name or you have like an honor they'd number? Put us, they'd put us in order of, of what grade we got. Oof. Oh, are you guys ranked 
or that's I don't know if we're ranked. I they know, I they ranked us. They were, I've heard they rank us at the end of year two, but I haven't heard anything about it. So they do rank you at least when I was in school, or but at least when you graduate, they don't right? tell you until you graduate. I think so. Um, but if you want to specialize, you can get your ranking earlier to tell mm-hmm. the residency what you are. Yeah. Out of 105, we I was with like I don't remember my ranking. I was 94 out of 105. So like, now. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah. man, but when I get out of practice, I'll be super successful. And then I'm not either. So I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Well, <laughs> we're just getting so the podcast like, started. So I had, so. A, I graduated with a 3.3 mm. and I was still like 95. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. It's like you're, and then the person who got like a half a grade higher than you. Well, a B plus like, is a 3.3. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a great GPA. So, Thanks, but everybody has great GPAs cause it's all, it's smart people. They, the people who aren't smart enough or, you know, can't They're in do hygiene it. school. They no, I'm joking. I'm joking. They, they don't, don't. <laughs> they don't go. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I'm like, like, okay, like, I don't know what the average grade point is. Yeah. I don't know. So I'm like, okay, like, yeah, this is a good GPA. But also it's like, I do average on the exams. So I, yeah. I don't know what it's nice. The average isn't that great. Like I remember getting a score was at like 47%, like crazy low. And it was like, okay, well, what's the average? The average was fifty-two. Mm-hmm. So you did it. it. We all got B, B minuses. Yeah. You know, we all got Bs. But it was like, really? One time I got an eighty-four, and that was the lowest grade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By by a long shot. And that's a good grade. Yeah, because I was like, you know, I'm just gonna like take the exam. I was like, I'm not even gonna study. I know I'll pass. I'm just gonna take it, see how I do. And I got like an eighty-four, and the average was like a ninety-three. Yeah. So did you pass? Though? I passed. Yeah, yeah, I passed, and like. I went and I reviewed with the professor and I was like, oh, I did know these answers. I just didn't read. Yeah. <laughs> Who was your genetics professor? What's his name? Genetics. Um, ooh, uh, white guy, white hair, like 60. His wife is Asian. Simmer. Oh, my God. He's still there? He's there. He's he, teaching it. I think that class should be like a fourth year seminar. This guy is like, he's a dinosaur. He's also like triple PhD in genetics. It was like so above it's, what yes, you need for dentistry. You're a first year dental yeah. student and you're like, what is this? Yeah. I, I'm like, I don't even know how tooth development works. Like he should be giving lectures to, to, PhD to students. seasoned dentists. Yeah, he got a dental yeah. degree, but he, t- he, t- he tells a story where he was, he tells a story where a belt-driven handpiece, like his first day of practice, and his hair gets stuck in the belt. Oh, my God. And he's like, I don't want to be a dentist anymore. Yeah. So he went back and got his PhD. Yeah. I don't want to be it's, a dentist anymore. It's all of the genetics. It's all the development. Mm-hmm. And, like, the development, I, I love that. That's great. Because, like, reading biomedic stuff, I'm like, okay, I understand how this works now because I understand how it develops. Genetic stuff, like, I don't even know what's normal, and you're teaching me all of these genetic variances. Right. And I'm like, I don't know what this means. It you'll, should be you'll, later. Ne- you'll never yeah. need that. As yeah, it should be something that happens later. I felt that way about histology. It's like, how many, mm. you look at all these sides and it's like, the they're inside, all pink. The inside of a liver, you know? It's yeah. Like, yeah, there were definitely some structures that I was like, I don't know what this is. Well, they're yeah. like, this is a liver. And you're like, it doesn't look like a liver. Like, no, it's not supposed to look like the organ. It's a I know, tissue I slice of the but organ. But I remember being very confused. Like, when I was, I can remember, like, like it was yesterday, being in the, the histo lab looking at the slides mm. thinking why am i doing this like this yeah. is so stupid you know and i still think that i mean yeah and it's like i think what it all comes down to is like how how you have your first patient interactions and yeah and do med and history and social history and look at their farm stuff and then you're like okay i have an idea of it mm-hmm. like i know that this structure is impacted when they take this drug but other than that you're like I, I have no clue. Right, right. 
our, our professor, oh, what is his name? Dr. Horsch. He would he had to have a different T-shirt themed Wait. to that that day. Is he pharmacology? Uh, he's histo. Histo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think farm is like an entirely new set of instructors. Okay. Yeah, because they they did they did interesting. It was like project based learning, so we'd make like uh, posters and things like that digital digitally um, for each section. So for anesthesia, I just like made a poster, and I was like, okay, this feels good. Like I'm watching the lectures, I'm doing a poster. Did you learn a lot? I feel like you make posters in fourth grade. I know. I was yeah. gonna say, did you do it's, a diorama in the shoebox? Yeah, right. It was you a know? giant like, syringe the, with the cotton balls. How many planets do we have now? Like, <laughs> yeah. So, so you like, hang them on the string. Planets. Oh my god. <laughs> it was a good introduction, and I need to actually use stuff to understand it. That, that's everyone. Yeah. Exactly. You don't learn it until you're in private practice and then you make a huge mistake and go, yeah. oh, that's how it works. Once you start applying. That's why, yeah. you know, when people say they leave dental school, they go work at these big groups. It's it's not a bad idea because mm-hmm. you get you get a lot of, ex, you know, experience and practice. And mm-hmm. and a lot of the patients have had a lot of dental work before. Yeah. So you're, you're fixing things. And mm-hmm. that was my experience. Mm-hmm. Was that yours? I worked for Great Expressions. It was... Yeah, it, it was really it was a great experience for me. I did private practice and then went to Medicaid my second year. Oh, that's right. Good experience though. Yeah. Um, not that they not that you do worse work on them, but there's no. different expectations. Mm. Who yeah. just needs a tooth pulled out compared to someone who wants like ten veneers? Yeah. And I think it's a lot of um, repairing and you know fixing other work. Yeah, and that, that's one thing that's too. Very useful. I'm like, okay, like this patient has a composite. Like I know that I can repair that. And it will reliably work. Yeah. But it's like, I don't have access to a sandblaster. <laughs> you know, like they don't give us those tools. Yeah. So I can't repair stuff. I can try. You do the best you can, exactly. though. Exactly. I can do right. the best I can. But most people just say, just take it out and replace it, which is not great. Do but you have assistants in dental school? We Okay. So we assist each other. Um, Did you, is that what you had too? We had no assistants. Okay. So I, as a, as a third year dental student right now, and in my, like, take, Take in mind that uh, they ju- we just opened our fourth clinic. Okay. So for a while, we were operating only two clinics. They just opened a, th- a third, and now all four clinics are open again because we've been renovating the whole school. Oh, because they – okay. Yeah. Okay. So they just opened the fourth clinic. Um, I get three appointments a week, and then I can 24-hour, one to two. Um, or I can, like, they call them same days where I do the fourth-year students' work. Mm-hmm. Um, and we both get credit for it. Okay. So that counts. Wait a second. You three. only get to see three patients a week. Yeah, three oh a week, God. and then I assist three times a week. That's part of my grade. It was like assisting. Um, How can you go to a university and only see three people a week and graduate? Yeah. So fifth. I mean, fifth year. There are There's going to be a fifth year. year. There are some. There are some. Um, fourth year students, they see five a week, and then they can get an extra two. We saw we saw fifteen patients a week. I feel Whoa. like because we saw four a day at UHC down at receiving. Yeah, and then we saw two or three a day back at U of D. Yeah, every week we were doing we, ten, one in the morning, yeah. one in the yeah. afternoon. You didn't do? Yeah. Did you go to a hospital and do two and two? We had different rotations. Where okay, be an oral surgery. Yeah, so we have uh, that's really low. We have community based clinics that we'll start to do. I think next semester, and that's we'll we'll have a regular schedule like in a private okay. practice, and then we have I think. It comes out to like maybe two, one to two months of working in mostly like Medicaid clinics. Yeah. Where we have a regular dentist schedule. Okay. And so that's like you have you have supervision, but they're not standing over your shoulder, um, and you're doing 
all of the work of a regular, regular schedule having like 10 to 15 patients a day. I laugh because you, you don't have supervision. I remember they're like, there's like five of us. And I'm like, good luck. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, you help me get this 2000? And they're like, no. no. I'm like, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. After the podcast, I'll show you a schedule that someone sent me yesterday mm-hmm. working for a group practice. Yeah. And um, it's like, this is what's wrong with, with dentistry. I mean, if you can see less people and make the same amount of money, that's the yeah. way to do it. So, yeah. So part of uh, the university experience for me is they have like what they call pathways for immersion. And one is like you take small, like, couple week courses okay or you can do a research project so i'm like okay i'll do research so i'm working with dr inglehart and i'm doing social history taking research she's german yeah i love her she's so great yeah, she's, she's nice. so nice and like every time she sees me she's always happy to see me yeah you are someone who i love <laughs> um and so we're doing social history taking so i sent out oh god i sent out like 800 surveys paper surveys mailed them off to dentists who are ADA members across the country. So far, I've gotten 40 back. That's pretty good. Out of 800? Out of 800. That's a high percentage. Seriously. Yeah. That's pretty good. We yeah. were hoping for like 80 to 100, which is like a lot, a high response yeah. rate. I'm st- I'm holding out a few more weeks. Maybe I'll get 50. Because if I got that and I didn't know who you were, yeah, I'd use it as toilet paper. Yeah, there's toilet. a whole letter, a big packet explaining it. I asked a lot of questions. It's like a whole page and then some of useful not useful very useful and i use this okay 50 plus topics because my my premise is and and, you know in the medical side of things physicians they ask these questions and you know it's considered normal to ask you know do you have a gun in your home right your doctor can ask that can you ask that as a dentist and what can we do with that information as a dentist wait the dentist is asking the patient to have a gun in their home so it's just part of a social history taking okay so it's like we're asking things like my end goal is to say use it as like a uh, patient intake form to refer to social workers. Okay. okay. And so it's like, you know, how many people live in your home? How many jobs do you work? Do you have reliable transportation? Do you have reliable child It's care? like a census. Yeah, it's like a census for yeah. your patients because one, I I believe that like a dental office should be like a community outpost. Mm-hmm. You should be a benefit to your community instead of just like you know, charging people a lot of money to do dental work. So I'm like, I want to give back to my community. And one way I can do that is to provide a need. Also, for someone who has no interest in that, you can be like, all right, you have a patient population that you know, cannot take time off because they have you know, this many jobs. So maybe you need to alter your hours that you're open. Or you have a significant amount of your patient population that cannot leave their kids alone. Maybe you have childcare that you offer. Right. Or maybe you have a van that you hire somebody to drive and pick up homebound patients. Or maybe you need to go to your patients who are who are stuck in their homes or who are in like aged care homes. So it's really like there are ways that you can take this information and use it to make more money for your practice. Mm-hmm. But it's also just taking better care of your patients. You're providing a service. Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of people are like, I, I'm reading through some of the responses and I added a comment section and they're like, yeah, but how am I going to do this? Right. They already don't want to answer their medical form. Right. Yeah. They, they don't tell you they have diabetes. They're not yeah. going to tell you they have a gun in their house. Yeah. Or it's like, do you like, what is another question? Like, um, you, I'm surprised by like even the amount of, so I, 
I ask like social history questions, which you're social- asking you're asking the dentist, right? Yes, I'm asking dentists. Okay. And and then there's also like questions that traditionally like you of them we ask they're called social history questions but it's like are you pregnant do you drink those are medical questions mm-hmm. those aren't social questions that a social worker can deal with right and like even some of those questions some people don't ask about alcohol use but it's like that's that's a number one predictor of oral cancer mm-hmm. so it's like why aren't you asking about that like you are a trained dentist why aren't you screening for oral cancer they don't well, i think they're screening <laughs> I mean, i'm I'm physically screening for yeah, it. Yeah, you're looking. Yeah. But you don't know, like, do they have one to two drinks a week or do they have, like, a case a week? Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, people are pretty dishonest with that question, I would That's say. The other. Well, they're also yeah. dishonest with themselves. Like, yes. if you drink 40 beers a week, your brain only thinks you drink 20. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's- I think, though, with that question, one of the one of the solutions or one of the problems I see with it is they give you options yeah, and they make you feel almost bad. It's like, all right, yeah. here's your options. One to four drinks a week. Which is good. But if you're like 10 to 50 Well, a if week. you have, yeah. say you have, what if you have a glass of wine every day mm-hmm. and then two or three days you have two glasses of wine. That's 10 drinks a week. That's not that much, but it it's more like than one on to form. four. You're yeah. not going to write that. Yeah. yeah. If the form only goes to 10, Mm-hmm. You don't want to click or check the, right. all the way in the right. Yeah. Right. It puts you in the extreme category. You know, like you, people don't want that. No. And no. so that's why like my initial thing is like just seeing what do people ask. Just have a blank. And what do they yeah. think is helpful. Right. I also said, I said, if you can send me your social history forms, you know, with your identity taken off of it. Right. So I can see what they're asking and how their forms are set up. Yeah. Because I, eventually I'd like to pilot a form, you know, in one of the clinics See if it works. I could see you going into like a practice management role. Couldn't you? Yeah. So, so when I applied to dental school, I'm like, I want to open a community health center. Yeah, and I can see that. being like the director of that would be uh-huh. awesome. And if I combine that with a specialty that's more clinical rather than like surgical, then I'm like, okay, like I could do that. Yeah. Because if I don't have enough to do to fill five days a week managing the clinic and right. having NPs and PAs and... Uh, social workers and therapists and even like accountants mm-hmm. like i want to be a community resource hub yeah it's like that would be really cool yeah i love it yeah. that's great you're impressive you really are um i think you're our youngest guest i feel okay. like I'm, I'm talking to someone who's like mid-30s early 40s although you look very young yeah i know yeah. that's why i have the mustache yeah otherwise i look like a baby no keep the mustache yeah. but you <laughs> i think you're going to be a superstar in your career We'll see. Um, no, I know you are. <laughs> yeah, you're on, the, I, you're on the right path. Yeah, you're yeah. such a sincere person. I just, I'm just trying to find what I want to end up in. And that might, you know what, and that I don't might have change. To rush it. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. I, you know what, don't. What I was gonna say is, don't stress about that because mm-hmm. I, you're gonna rediscover what you want to do. Yeah. Several times. I mean, if you're if you're like me, I I from where I started to where I am now and to where I'm going. You know, I always say, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Yeah. You know, and it's like there's it changes. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's always changing. It changes. And it's like part of the reason I want to become a dentist is because well, I mean, I am practicing dentistry now in the dental school, but like yeah. it gives me that flexibility and opportunity to do other things. To, yeah. And there are so many things like, yeah, that's another thing. A lot of dentists think, well, I don't know what else to do. I can only do dentistry. There's so many things you can do. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, being a dentist will 
allow me to do work for churches where they don't have to pay me. It'll open a lot of yeah. a lot of doors, a lot of opportunity. And so it's like they don't have to pay me. All that money can be used towards like mutual aid. Yeah. And it's like that's what I want. Like yeah. don't pay me. Like help support Sally who needs a hip replacement. Like let's give her money so that she can, you know, have meals ready to go as soon as she's out. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I want to do. Yeah. And the dentistry gives me the opportunity to be able to do that in the future. Yeah. That's really cool. cool. Um, Good for you. Wow. It's an hour. An hour. So flew by. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't go fast. Yeah. What is one thing before we close you want to leave the listeners with? Okay. I I knew you guys asked asked this question, so I was thinking about it. (laughs) We we used to say three things. I know. I was Uh like, what three things? (laughs) Um, Okay. I'll do one. Can I do two things? You can do you can do a hundred. No, whatever you like. I'll do one for like if there's any like pre dense listening. People will like message me and ask me questions, and I'm like, just don't do a lot. Be able to communicate how an experience has changed you and how transformative it has been. Because you can talk about how you know you started a, a nonprofit and you gave a bunch of money to uh, a community that was hurting. But if you can't communicate how that transformed you and changed you as a person, they're not interested. Like, sure, it looks cool. Mm-hmm. You can say, I did this. But it's like, if you're not changing, like, you're dying. So that's the one thing. Like, you can, you know, like, I I worked for the National Park Service. There's a, a National Park in Monroe, River Raisin National Battlefield Park. For five years, I was part of a kayak program. I could talk about, yeah, like, I helped inner city youth have their first experience on the open waters and being in a kayak. Or I can talk about how that transformed me. Mm-hmm. And how I learned and, and grew and changed. So like, do that. Talk about how experiences transform you. Um, the next is uh, ask good questions of your patients so that you can figure things out. Like, there's so many things that they're not going to tell you. Like you mm-hmm. were saying, like they're going to lie because they don't want to feel bad. But it's like if you build trust and you then you have the relational capital to ask more better questions yeah. to get to the root of it. Um, or just like slow down and listen, and listen to them. Yeah, slow That's, down. And I listen. was just That's really say. It. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it's like I I was like helping in the oral medicine clinic last Friday, and really is just asking questions and recording things. Like we took we took a bunch of pictures, we updated their medical history, their medications, and we just asked them questions to help and, find and listen here. and listen. Yeah, so just yeah. listen. When you listen to people, it's amazing. They'll say. People say to me all the time, thank you so much. Just thanks for all the advice. And I'm thinking, I didn't say anything. Like I'm yeah. just sitting here, you know. I'm just here. <laughs> but they, they work it out in their own mind maybe. And I mm-hmm. listen. And that's pretty, it's hard to listen. Yeah. I'm always catching myself talking You s- You seem like a good listener <laughs> though. Because you kind of pause like when other people are talking. Some people, that's hard for me. I mean, it's something I'm constantly reminding yeah. myself. But when I do it, it really works out. Don't you I, think? How many times in your brain when somebody's talking, you already have your next thing loaded? Well, that's what you do. You're thinking about what you're going to say. Say next. You're not even listening to what they're saying. Yeah. Or like something random pops into my head and I'm like, I have to share this now. They need to hear they it. They need right. to hear it. Totally different topic. I'm going to bring it up. And, I have to, I'm just and patients yeah. will feel so defeated if like you derail them. Because you mm-hmm. took a course last year where you said all patients want to do is be heard. That's, yeah. that's what you're talking about now. Yeah, just listening. That's that's the best. Um, that that'd be my advice to to anyone in business, though. In just life, listen to your client, your patient, your customer. 
um, you know, you're going to have to talk eventually. But <laughs> if you listen to what they're telling you, I mean. Then what you say after is going to be more potent. Yeah. And you'll, and you'll know said. what to say. Exactly. You can help them overcome false narratives too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've, I've had that experience where people just believe incorrectly about what, you know, a procedure entails or outcomes or right. like, is this going to hurt? And you're like, yeah, maybe. You right. <laughs> Be truthful. Listen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the answer is yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. Drilling on your tooth, yeah. turning it into dust, and yeah. putting plastic back inside it. Yeah. You're going to be uncomfortable, but right. you'll be fine. Like, I, yeah. I did my first filling on my brother. And he lived. And he lived. Yeah. And, it's awesome. like, the faculty <laughs> was like, this is shallow. You don't even have to, like, anesthetize him. I'm like, are you serious? Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> You're freaking. And, they hit the pulp. And this was after I had done a propy. And, and so I had limited time. And it was two hours, 15 minutes for the whole appointment. I did my profi. I had 45 minutes to do this. My first filling. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. But I did it. You did it. And he's like, it feels like a feels like I'm getting a buzz cut. Yeah. <laughs> and he lived. And he lived. And he lived. And it was Perfect. great. Two was for great. two. Yeah. Two fell out, but he lived. <laughs> yeah. he well, good. Well, we always ask one more, Clayton. Mm -hmm. Can we have you back on? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I'd love to talk to you in like three years. Yeah. yeah thanks for right? so when fast. Out. Um, <laughs> yeah. So sometimes our guests, they own businesses and they mm -hmm. give out their number or email address. If we have any pre-dents or dental students listening, do you feel comfortable giving out your, your email? Instagram handle, your yeah. email? So my Instagram is just blackwell.clayton. Um, O-N. I know a lot of people say Clayton and it's O-N. Clayton. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, what else? My you have, email. You have an email? Yeah. My school email is blackwcw at umich.edu. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Anything cool. else? No, it was really nice talking right. to you. Yeah, it was good talking to you. Thanks, Clayton. Yeah. Thanks. All right, Bye. let's do it.